Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Over Christmas time, as I started um, the Christmas break, I was reading about John the Baptist. And I saw something clear in my spirit that I hadn't seen in such a way. And I, I thought, there's more to this. I'm going to put it to one side. So I wrote it in my notebook. And then I revisited it as it's been percolating away in my spirit. I revisited it last week. And I want to share with you a concept that God has uh, told me to call divine sequencing. Divine sequencing. And uh, I want to talk about how God wants to unlock divine sequences around your life. That every person is a candidate for divine sequences. And I'm going to explain to you exactly what that is. This is not New Age teaching. This is not something that is that has come from the pit. This is something that comes from the Word of God. So we're going to open uh, to the Gospel of John chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 29. It'll be up on screen for us today. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me, comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, he says it again. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Let's have a look at this set of verses and let's just examine them for a moment. First of all, in the first verse that we read, this morning, we see that John the Baptist reveals the identity of the one who's coming and walking towards him. He's had a revelation of who this man is. He's none other than the Messiah, the promised Messiah in the Jewish scriptures in the Old Testament. And his purpose was one thing. His purpose was to eradicate and wipe out your sin the things that you've done wrong in your life, my sins, and that he was to take those sins away. And that's why he's called the Lamb of God, because Jesus offered up his life like a sacrificial lamb who took away the sins of the world. But then he says this. He says a remarkable thing. He says, I did not know him. I didn't know who he was, but I was sent into the desert so that when I started baptizing, his identity would be revealed to the nation. Did you get that? So this is what he's saying. He was saying in order for Jesus to be revealed, there were certain sequences or steps that needed to happen in my life, in John's, in John's life, in order for God to unveil and reveal himself in such a way that would then set off a domino effect in the nation, 
and would be the saving of thousands and millions of lives right down to where we are today in 2019. And the Lord said to me, this is divine sequencing. Every person has the ability through what we're going to discuss today, to unlock a series of divine sequences or events around about your life that have the ability to change your life and change all those who are connected to you. Can I hear an amen this morning? And so what does the word sequence mean? Let's have a look at the English dictionary. It says, a set of related events, movements, or items that follow each other in a particular order. Was there any other sequences in the story? Yes, there was. God the Father spoke to John the Baptist and he said this. Here's a prophetic word for you, John. He said, when you see the Holy Spirit descending on a man, you need to know that that man is not going to baptize just with water, but he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And one of the other gospels says, and fire. So let's say that, Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit and and fire. So this man was going to have extraordinary power that would be released through his life. And this is the sequence of how you're going to recognize who he is. When you see the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove come down upon that man, he is the man, he is the Messiah, and that man is going to fill people's lives with the power of the Holy Spirit and change their lives forever. You see, what I've discovered, friends, is this pattern of divine sequences is filled all the way through Scripture. And right now, poised at the doorway of your life are a set of events and series of circumstances right now that have the power of a domino effect that can change your life and the life of everybody that is connected to you. Wow. You mean God has predestined and planned things for my life? You didn't you know that the Bible says before you were born, he knew you? Didn't you know that he planned your life down through the corridors of time? Where he saw Shane before Shane was even born. He saw Phil before Phil was even known of. Before he was even one of those things swimming up the canal to fertilize that egg. He knew Phil even before then. That's called predestination. The Bible says that God knows the end from the beginning, not the beginning from the end, that Jesus, one of his names is the Alpha and the Omega. You see, this morning, sitting right here and now, there are a series of sequences and events that are yet to be unlocked for your life. Where the power of God wants to come into your world and God wants to unlock a sequence of events of divine activity around about your life where you have the ability to put your foot on the clutch and engage the gear of heaven and begin to see your life accelerate in a brand new direction that you did not even know about. You see, this sequence for John's life, and this is the power of prophecy. You see, if God knows the end from the beginning, then he can look down the timeline of my life, where I was just a young boy born on a farm, an ordinary farm in New Zealand, and he can look down the timeline of my life, come to the place where I found Christ, come to the place where he changed my life, come to the place where he began to prophesy over my life. James, I've called you to, to the ministry. I've called you to be a preacher of the gospel. 
You know, when my schoolmates that I went to school with, and they, I've caught up with a few of them, they said, oh, what are you doing now? I said, I'm a pastor. Oh, you're a plasterer. <laughs> because they look at the person that I used to be at, at college, and they give me... Pastor, you, there's no way that guy could ever be a pastor. But you see, down the timeline of my life, God was stepping into the timeline of my world and through prophetic acts and the prophetic voice, he began to reveal the future because he knows the end from the beginning and step into the timeline of my life and unlock a series of divine sequences that would see this church being birthed. They would see hundreds of lives and over the course of 30 years of ministry, thousands of lives who have been impacted here in New Zealand and overseas in the nations, wherever God has sent me. And that's not blowing my own whistle. I'm just telling you the sequence of events that have unlocked the power of God into people's lives. Don't you want that for your life today? Don't you want to, to know the, the, the divine the, the, the wholeness of all who God is being released like the oil of the Holy Spirit around about your life to bring to pass the fullness of God's plan and destiny over your life. And we're going to find out. I'm going to make this a two-part message. So we're going to look at today how this all works, and then we're going to look at some principles of divine sequencing and how that works. You see, it's unbelievable to know that John the Baptist... His whole set of sequences that were unlocked in his life were prophesied 800 years before he was born. Come on now. 800 years before God looked down, not just the timeline of John's life, but he looked down the corridors of time itself. And he said, before the Messiah is going to be born into the world, I'm going to send a man into the desert. And that man is going to proclaim the straight paths of the Lord so that all who hear his voice will be prepared and ready to receive the promised Messiah. This verse you see on the wall was 800 years before either John or Jesus were born on the planet. Recorded. Recorded in the ancient scriptures. This is history. This isn't fairy tales. This was actually recorded 800 years on the scrolls of Isaiah. And this is what it said, that there would be one crying in the wilderness. Where was John baptizing? In the wilderness. God sent him. He said, John, you don't need to put out pamphlets and invite everybody to the Colosseum to come and hear you preach. I'm going to do an opposite thing. I'm going to send you out where there are no people. And those that are hungry enough who want change in their lives, they're going to come to you in the desert and they're going to hear someone preaching with authority. They're going to hear someone preaching with power. Historians estimate that when John preached in the desert, over 100,000 people came out to listen to a man preach the Word of God. No PA system. Them, no microphones, no speakers. They came because they wanted change in their life. And they saw a man who had unlocked divine sequences over his life, who was preparing the way not for him, because he said, I must decrease that he may increase. And he prepared the way of the Lord. He preached a message of repentance. And this is what he said. He said, it's time to change the way you're thinking because your current way of thinking is never going to unlock sequences of divine activity over your life. 
Hello? That's what repentance means. It means change the way you're thinking. It's the same message that Jesus first preached. He said, if you want to find out who this God is, if you want to find out this invisible kingdom that right now is invading all around the world, at the cost of the blood of the martyrs, by the way, all around the world, he said, first of all, you've got to change the way that you've been thinking about your life. You think you're in control. You think that you can plan out your own destiny. You think that you can have things just the way that you want them in your life. But things go sideways. Things go belly up. Things happen within your life. And you start to realize, I am not in control of my life. I need to link up with somebody who is in control, the one who can never be moved, the one who is unshakable, the one who is immovable. His name is Jesus Christ. And when you build your life on him, you shall not, you shall not be moved. Hallelujah praise the name of the living God this morning. So John was to provide a sequence or a domino effect of a series of events. And so for Jesus to be revealed to Israel, he had to unlock the sequence by being obedient to step into a desert preaching ministry. And as he stepped into that, he unlocked the door of God's activity. And suddenly the one who walked over the hill the Lamb of God came, and the dove of heaven descended upon him. And John knew immediately this man was the man that was going to change the world. And he had the privilege of being the one who would be the forerunner, who would reveal Jesus Christ to the world. And his name would be forever recorded in this book called the Bible. That's the, still the number one best-selling book every year around the world. The number one best-selling book is the Holy Bible. People can't get enough of the Bible. Every year, thousands upon thousands of new people come into the kingdom of God. And the first thing that they get when they become a Christian is a Bible. Because contained in the Bible are words of life that have the ability to unlock divine sequences of God's activity over your life. Aren't you glad that you're alive today in 2019 and that you have Jesus Christ in your life and God can work a miracle in and through your life and the activity around about your life? So for something to be a divine pattern or principle, it needs to be seen more than once in the Scripture. The Word of God says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And friends, you'll understand this morning, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of things, but you look into every biblical hero, you will see divine sequencing at the core of every single one of their lives. Where God came into relationship with them, God revealed himself to them, God said, I want you to do this as they obeyed. A whole domino effect happened around about their life. You know, I think of looking on the stage in the band this morning. You know, when Shane first started playing guitar, he was pretty rusty. And now he's a great guitarist. And he plays on stage regularly in our church band. You know what? He'd never be on stage if we hadn't started this church. I can think of half the band that are up here that weren't ever involved in any music before. They came, they came to either find the Lord or be involved in this church. Divine sequences that as they stepped into obedience to follow what God did, suddenly they're finding themselves being involved in releasing worship amongst God's people. You can see that in any arena of life, 
as you look back even on your own life, you can see a sequencing of events. I think of Abraham. Abraham's known as the father of nations, the father of faith. He's the father of all who believe, the scripture says. He's the father of faith. Why was he called the father of faith? He was before Jesus' time. Why was he called the father of faith? Did you know that if Abraham had not followed through on what God had asked him to do, there would be no nation or a group of people called Israel today. They wouldn't even be in existence. And so we find that God came and knocked on the door of a man called Abraham. He later changed his name to Abraham. He knocked on Abraham's door. And this is what he said in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. So what's he saying? He's saying that there's about to be a sequence of events that will be unlocked because of what I'm asking you to do. I want to ask you this morning. Right now, you're sitting on the precipice and on the doorstep of a series of events that can be unlocked within your life if you will but obey the promptings of God coming and knocking on the door of your heart. Your life can be changed. Your children's lives can be changed. Your future can be changed. If you will find and be obedient to what the Lord is moving upon your life for today. Verse 2, he says, this is what I've asked you to do, and this is what he said I'm going to do for you. He said, that God says to Abraham, if you will do this, and you'll leave all of the security, all of the comfort, all of your family and your friends, if you're prepared to uproot your life and you're prepared to move to where I want you to be, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, you're going to move into the unknown. Yes, you don't, can't work it all out in your head what's going to happen to your life. But if you will do that, this is what I'm going to do for you, Abraham. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of your neighborhood, all the families of your town, all the families of yours, all the families of the earth. Woo! All the families of the earth are going to be blessed through your one act of obedience, Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you a great name. I'm going to give you a great reputation, he said. He said, I'm going to make your name great. So many people are looking to make a great name for themselves. They don't realize if they would just simply obey God, he can make your name great. He can give you a good reputation. You might have been slandered in the past. God can switch that and turn that in the twinkling of an eye. He can change the circumstances over your life. So you no longer have a stain of reputation against your life. Behold, he makes all things new. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have gone, new things are coming your way. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says. So he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a great name. And I'm going to give you a great blessing. Wow. Divine sequencing of activities and events unleashed and released over Abraham's life, that one man's obedience can affect the world. That all the families of the earth 
will be blessed through this one act of obedience. So what does it take, friends? It takes faith. It takes simple faith. When God says something to you, He means it. God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. Has He not spoken it? Shall He not make it good? God is 100% trustworthy. God is 100% reliable. God is faithful. God will never... You can trust Him today. He is trustworthy. Others may have let you down. Your parents may have let you down. Your work may have let you down. But God can never let you down because it's not in His nature to do so. You can have faith today that's solid, that's robust, that is strong. Abraham had that faith. He got up. He uprooted his family. Abraham, where are we going? I don't know. What's the first thing the kids say when we get in the car? Where are we going? And then they say, are we there yet? (laughs) Where are we going? Can you imagine? Abraham jumping on his camel. Mark 4. Abraham, where are we going? Dad, where are we going? I don't know. I'll let you know when we get there. He literally heads out not knowing where he's going. Why? How can a person do that? Because they have met God and they know they can trust him. That's called faith. It's called faith today. And the second step, of course, is our obedience. He obeyed the word of the Lord. So how does divine sequencing work? It's very, very simple, friends. Number one is this. The first pattern that needs to be released in your life to unlock God's activities and series of events like a domino effect around about your life is he wants relationship with you. He's not interested in religion. This is not a religious gathering. If you thought you came here today to religion, this is not religion. This is about relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one we worship. He's the one we praise. He's the one that we pray to. He's the one that surrounds our life with only good things. That is the God that we serve today. And he wants relationship with us. So the first step to unlocking divine sequences within your life today is that God's going to come knocking on your door. Revelations 3.20 puts it like this. I want to come and sup with you and you with me. Will you open the door of your heart and allow me to come into your life? That's the first step. It's called receiving Jesus Christ into your life. And the day that you receive Jesus Christ into your life is the key has now gone into the door and you are about to unlock divine sequences of events and activity around about your life that you will be blown away with when you get to the end of your life. You will not recognize the person that you have become and where God has brought you to. God created Adam and Eve. Do you know what he did with them every day? He would visit them in the cool of the day. He would come into the Garden of Eden, that beautiful garden, and he'd have an appointment with them. They knew where to meet with God. And every day in this beautiful paradise called Eden, God would come down in the cool of the day because it was a nice time for the people he'd made and created to be able to sit down and connect with the Father, to connect with God. 
You know, he formed them out of the dust of the earth. Can you imagine the first time that Adam opened his eyes? From dust he has been created. We all know, the scientists will know that your body, when it's turned to ash, it's dust to dust, ashes to ashes. You were formed from the dust of the earth. And can you imagine as God has sculpted and shaped Adam from the dust of the earth? And the first day that he opened Adam's eyes, bing. What does Adam see? He's looking directly into the face of pure love. He feels the radiance of pure love radiating into his soul as he's face to face with the Father. The first one he sees is pure love, Father God. And God says, I don't just want this to be a one-day wonder. I don't just want this to be a one-off. I want to meet with you, Adam, every day of your life. I want relationship with you. I'm not interested in you trying to obey all the rules. I'm not interested in you trying to do things for me. I just want you to be with me. I want relationship with you. Number two, once he gets us into a place of relationship, when I first met my wife, she was living in Dargaville. Yes, good things come out of Dargaville. I actually came from Hunterville. Good, we both villains. We come from Dargaville and Hunterville. We're small town, country people. We're villains, and so we come. We come, and and she was. She lived seven hours drive from me, so I couldn't just jump in the car and go and see her. We had no email. We had this thing called snail mail. You guys don't know what you're missing out on. Getting a letter in the letterbox is awesome. This generation doesn't understand what it's like to receive mail. Mail is so cool. I'm going to go to the letterbox today. See, see if my beloved has written me a letter. Oh, what's a letterbox? Yeah, that's right. And so I would go there and I'd get, and I'd open and Viv, would, she would have sent me this postcard and then I'd write her a sermon and send a sermon to her. <laughs> wasn't even a romantic sermon. And we would just communicate via snail mail. And then if we could afford it, we'd ring each other long distance. <sighs> you can just jump on Messenger now and talk to anyone in the world. Friends, we're going back in time here. Not to the age of the dinosaurs quite, but we're going back in time. But you see, because we had connected relationally, when you connect with someone relationally, you want to listen to what they've got to say. And if you, if you don't have ears in my situation, they will get slapped if you are not listening properly. Are you listening to me? What did I just say to you? <laughs> but when you're in relationship with somebody, it's not just one person doing all the talking and one person doing all the listening. There's talking and there's listening. And God brings us into relationship with himself because he wants to speak to us. God speaks today. He speaks through many different avenues. As he gets us into relationship, we begin to hear. So we begin to hear. Number two, divine sequencing works through hearing what God has to say over your life. You know, this isn't just pulling out your manual and just reading it and memorizing things for your life and hoping that God will somehow, that's the voice of God to you. know, friends, God is alive. He's a living God. He's spirit and he's life. 
He interacts with us every day in a real way. He wants to interact inside of you. Inside of you, you're made up of spirit, soul, and body. And today, if you do not know Jesus or you're not following Jesus, the spirit side of you is darkened and dead. And when you open the door to Jesus Christ and you allow the Alpha and the Omega to come into your life, suddenly that spirit part of you lights up like a candle. And suddenly that part of you that God always ordained and set aside for you, it comes alive. And suddenly you realize that as you look upon creation and you look upon, you see the flowers are so bright, the grass is so green, the sky is so blue. Because you've been awakened to the one who made it all, your creator, and his spirit starts to live in you. And suddenly things are alive and you begin to hear what he's got to say to you. How do we hear? Look at this, Proverbs 8, verse 34 and 35. Blessed is the man who, the man who listens to me. How? How do we listen? Watching daily at my gates waiting at the posts of my doors for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. So did you hear that? If you set up a relationship where you're able to listen to God, this is what the Lord says. When you find that, you're going to obtain my favor over your life. What's the favor of God? Friends, the favor of God is where God in just a millisecond can do things over your life that you may have been struggling and striving with all the years of your life. And in just a moment of time, God's favor can change the course of your life. He can set you up with appointments, with people, with situations, with sequences of events that have a chain reaction that take your life onto a brand new path where the old has passed away Behold, he makes all things new this morning. Is everybody listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning? You see, he says, watching daily at my gates. In the ancient cities of the biblical world, they were walled cities. Why were they walled? Because they had enemies. And they needed to keep their enemies out of their cities. So they would protect their cities with great walls. You've heard of the walls of Jericho that came tumbling back down? Giant walls. And so these walls, to get entrance and exit from the city, you had to go through the gate. In other words, the gate was the portal. What's a portal? A portal is a place of access. So the scripture tells us if you want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, then you need to spend time daily waiting at the portal, the place where God has access in and out of your life to begin to deposit his voice within your spirit. Like Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, depositing God's love, his voice into their spirit, watching daily. So hearing is vital, but it's not as vital as the last step. Last point for this morning is this. Obedience to what you're listening to and what God is asking you to do within your life. Your obedience has the ability to unlock divine sequences of activity that will radically set your life in a brand new direction. What are you afraid of today? 
aren't you possibly willing to put your life and to trust the one who loves you? You see, we don't trust people when we don't trust their motives. Have you ever noticed that? If you've ever been in a relationship where things have been done and said that have wounded or hurt you, then what's the first thing that disappears out of the relationship? Trust. But the one I'm talking about today, he never does anything to harm you, hurt you, or disappoint you. He's undisappointable. But you have an enemy of your soul, Satan the devil, who loves to bring wreck and ruin into your life. But if you're willing to trust the one who can unlock those sequences of his activity around about your life today, then I want to tell you today, your life is about to take on a brand new journey that's going to be filled with faith, hope, and love. I think about when we started this church in 2013. I was pastoring in a very large church. I was planting churches. Had a massive budget. Had a great salary. Both my wife and I were on salary. Full-time salaries. We had position in the church. We had respect in the church. We had comfort around about us. We weren't short because we were being provided for. And then one day God speaks to us and then confirms it through a random prophet on the streets of East Auckland who walks up to me, taps me on the shoulder and says, Sir, are you Christians? And I said, yes. And he said, I've got a message for you. You've been taking small steps of faith and God has just asked you to take a giant step of faith and you're asking him, is this of me, Lord? And he wants to tell you that this is the Lord and that you are to go. This is the day I had prayed four hours earlier to ask God for confirmation of direction of the faith step that we were about to take, which would require me to resign my job, my wife to resign her job, to sit out with nothing and nobody supporting us, walking out on the plank of faith and trust. You know what happened to us that day? The Holy Spirit fell upon us on the street. People walking all around us as I began to weep and shake under the power of God as I realized that God had just intercepted me in a public place with a random stranger to bring me a message that was going to change my life and set this church up. And this church goes into the nations of the world and has a ripple effect right around the world. No, we're not the biggest church on the block, but I want to tell you something. We're growing people here in this congregation who are followers of Jesus Christ, who have got grit and steel, who will not fade, who are not fakes, but will move when God tells them to move, who are disciples of Jesus Christ. Divine sequencing. Unleashing God's activity around about your life. There's some people that are in the audience today. Right now, your life is at an intersection point. You're standing right in the middle of the intersection. There are a number of options you can take today. There are a number of roads that you can take today. But there's only one that is going to unleash God's activity over your life. 
and it begins with receiving his son Jesus Christ into your life. We do that by praying a prayer together. 1 John 12 says this, to as many who receive him, to as many who believe on his name, to them he gives the right to become a child of God. There's someone, there's a name to believe on, there's someone to receive, and there's a someone to become, and that's a child of God. This is where divine sequencing begins within your life today. Paul wrote to Timothy. He was a young pastor. This is the seasoned apostle writes to young Timothy, who is a new pastor, he's a young man, and in 2 Timothy 4 verse 5 he says this, and this is to all of you who are already followers of Jesus today, this is what God says to you, but you be watchful in all things, be watchful, what does that mean? That means don't just let life pass you by, be present in the moment, Be watchful. Be aware of the activity that's happening around about your life. If you're not going to be aware of the activity that's going on around about your life, life will pass you by. And you'll turn around one day and you'll say, what happened? I feel like my life has just been a waste of time. Here I am at 42. Not me, of course, but, you know, a fictitious person. (laughs) Where is my life gone? What am I doing with my life? Be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. I want to tell you, if you want to become a soldier and a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to man up. Is there such a thing as woman up? I'm not sure. (laughs) But to be a true follower of Jesus, you need to understand you're swimming upstream in a downstream world. You're going against the tide of public opinion. And so we need to understand it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes we have to endure afflictions. Oh, I grazed my knee. Can you please put a Band-Aid on it? Daddy God. Man up, James. There will be scrapes. There will be clashes. There will be collisions. But the one who died for you will never leave your side. He's with you always. He'll never leave you nor forsake you today. Endure all afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Lastly, listen to this. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. This is what he was saying. There is yet a series of divine sequences and activities that are yet to happen over your life. There are things waiting to unfold. There is a domino effect of God's power to be unleashed within your life. Timothy... I want you to fulfill all that God has planned for your life. Don't opt out. Don't think somebody else can do it for you. No, God made you to be you. He's given you a personally tailored plan for your life. It's time to stand up and fulfill it. We've got to fight for what God has lined up for us. My last verse this morning, 1 Timothy 1.18, he says this, Same author writing to the same person. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Oh, look at this. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you. So he's saying, Timothy, 
You remember when we prophesied over your life? Do you remember when the prophet came to visit you? Do you remember when somebody in the congregation and the family of God brought a word from God for your life? That's what a prophecy is about your future. He's saying, don't forget what God has spoken to you in the past. It's time to dig up, to blow the dust off those prophecies. It's time for you to realize that when God gives you a word, He's not just doing it to make you feel good. He's doing it because this is a direct step to unlock future divine activity over your life. According to those prophecies, this is what He says, that by them you may wage the good warfare. In other words, the prophetic word is key to you fighting the good fight of faith and winning. Don't, another party says, don't despise prophecy over your life. And then he says this, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Friends, this is the deal. He's saying this, some of you haven't listened. Some of you have been focusing on other things first, other than the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, there's only one thing that I want you to make a priority of. Seek ye first, not second, third, or fourth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and live right. And all these things that you're putting in hours and hours and hours to get are going to be given to you. An upside down way of thinking about it. What, so I just sit back and recline in my lazy boy and sip another pina colada and expect it all to come to you? No, he says seek. That means pursue. That means chase after. That means align your life with the principles of the kingdom of God. Put them first and you watch the flow on effect take place within your life. But he says here, I'm warning you, some have suffered shipwreck because they haven't listened to their conscience and they've bailed on their faith. You know what happens when you don't listen to your conscience? The next time your conscience pricks up, guess what happens? It's got less potency. It's got less power. The more you ignore your conscience, you become numbed to the sensitivity of right and wrong. The more wrong we do, the less we know anymore what's right or wrong. So he says your faith and your conscience are vital weapons to staying on track and seeing divine sequencing unlocked within your life. Could we stand to our feet, church?